The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To Reality, a pop culture, current affairs, and LGBT news-oriented panel discussion series that's dedicated to you. Here are your hosts, Dominion Onyx, Carl Anthony, John Sebastian, and Legionnaire. Good evening. Welcome to the season finale of Reality, exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Thursday, May 26th. 2016, and it's time for another heaping helping of pop culture on demand from your favorite radio station and mine, Poppy Chulo Radio. Yeah! Oh, yeah! You know, it's the season finale. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. So, you know, there'll be questions like, you know, will Legionnaire buy the bank? <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Will John Sebastian's potato salad win the annual May Day picnic? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, oh, you, the answer to that is yes. <laughs> Will Dominion's girdle last the entire weekend? Because, <gasps> honey. I am wearing the control top girdle. <laughs> it You're is, together. Yes, because you know this weekend is I'm a legionnaire and I are actually doing the show together at his house uh, in Chicago because I'm in town and we're all here for International Mister Leather 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. In order for me to look my best in my leather, I'm wearing my um, fresh out of the box girl because you know that way it fits the tightest and allows the mo the least right. amount of room for my ribs to expand. So, so you're wearing a gado. You're wearing a gado. Gado, yes, <laughs> yes indeed. So you know, you know but, well, what'd you say, baby? Mother. Mother Turner would say, you're wearing a girdle. <laughs> yes. But, uh, oh. you know, before we go tonight, we're going to talk about our plans for the summer, but we also have some foolishness and some fuckery to talk about, as usual. We're going to talk oh. about Prince, uh, Madonna's Prince's tribute, Prince tribute. We're going to talk about uh, Freddie Gray and some uh, uh, and Tamar Braxton. Hmm. But first up she in the round table, say that again. That girl has been fired. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. So first up in the round table, uh, Bill Cosby was ordered by a Pennsylvania judge to stand trial for sexual assault. So um, a couple of days ago, 
Bill Cosby, 78, was present for a preliminary hearing in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, as the prosecutor and his defense argued over statements that he and Andrea Constand, who accused him of sexual assault, made to authorities. Thus far, more than 50 women have accused Bill Cosby of some form of sexual misconduct. And on Tuesday, a Pennsylvania judge ruled that he should stand trial for drugging allegedly drugging and molesting a woman in his Philadelphia area home in 2004. You know, as usual, I have thoughts, but I'd love to hear what you think, John Sebastian. Um, I think that it has taken long enough for this case to be, to actually reach a legal pass um judge elizabeth McHugh, who um tentatively scheduled the formal arrange arraignment for july 20th um well and i'm sorry um and actually i'm sorry so bill cosby's case can go to trial anytime after july 20th um judge McHugh has done something that will probably earn her the enmity in the hatred uh, of folks for the remainder of her life. She had the unmitigated gall to say, yes, Mr. Cosby, you are going to trial. Um, and here's my thing. Whether or not, if it were one woman, I'd say, you know, it's he, she. If it was two women, I'd say, this is a little stinky. It's 50 women. 50. And all of them aren't, you know, and ask, you know, and not only it, has he done this, his business manager, otherwise known as his wife, she had to have known. And, you know, the fact and the fact that he has admitted to drugging these women, you know, right. he admitted it in. He, I mean, so he said, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that people are still defending him and this whole this whole you know, trying to, you know, hold a black man down, bullshit. No, he raped women. Women did not have the ability to consent to having sex with him. That is vile. Mm -hmm. And I hope, I hope and pray that justice is served. And while I loved the Cosby show and I loved the um, middle-class family dynamics that it presented, and I love the, the work that he you know, the fact that he presented a different world that caused so many children of color to think to actually realize college was a reality. Um, I think it's a shame that his legacy has been boiled down to he's a serial rapist. Mm hmm. What do you think, Legionnaire? Um, I have to agree. I think that um, the, the tragedy is that his his legacy is forever tarnished behind this. Um, and you know, I, I think um, I think at this point his his accusers deserve their time in court. So if you know if, if this is something that has happened to them that they want him to be accountable to, um, you know, I hate to see it happen. But at, at the same time, I, I think um, I think that if this is truly an issue or something that has to be addressed, I think that this woman deserves to be heard. Um, and it needs to come out. So, again, just just as you said, I mean, I, I, I won't. I don't think I'll ever 
um, take away or or stand against the things that he's done as far as television and and for um, you know and for African Americans. But I also think that um, you know it, he needs to be accountable. He has to be accountable to his actions and. And if this is going to be a way for this, this, uh, these women, um, because let's face it, at this point, you know, she is going to be, she is going to be the the holding the the standard for all these women who have been victimized. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if, if that is indeed is the case, then they deserve their justice. I agree. Well, first of all, to me, I can say, you know, with. Uh, clear conviction that I love Heathcliff Huxtable, the Huxtable family, and the Hillman family, but Bill Cosby is a terrible human being. I mean, sticking just with this case, they all agree, both, you know, according to this article uh, in HuffingtonPost.com, they both agree, both sides agree Cosby and Constand agree that uh, he gave her some pills, but they differ on whether the sexual contact that followed was consensual. I mean, you know, you can start with the fact that Constand is a lesbian, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, she was in college at the time. Maybe she was an experiment or whatever. So that's ultimately neither here nor there. But I think it's well established and had been well established in 2004 you know even if we say like in the 70s when it happened to some of these other women you know we all everyone was taking quaaludes people just Mm -hmm. took them to you know relax or whatever by 2004 it was very clearly defined in the law that people who are intoxicated or otherwise impaired cannot give consent for sexual contact and if you have a history of uh doing that then you are a predator and you know no amount of positive vibes in the community can overcome that and i'm sorry for him it's also interesting i didn't know that bill cosby is legally blind i used to want wonder why if that was just like his act when he was in court to like appear like this doddering old man mm-hmm. but apparently he's mm-hmm. legally blind but I mean, that's just that's just a point of information. Not not that that should sway anyone. It just explains his behavior to me because it actually made me more annoyed with him when I did know he was legally blind. Because I was like, so is this part of your thing? Is that you know you want everyone to feel have sympathy for you because you're a 78 year old man? I'm like, nope. Because this didn't happen. This didn't happen. Like you know, you did it a couple of times in the 70s and then you learned your lesson you did it as late as 2004 and probably up until the moment where you couldn't see anymore Hmm. but you could still feel right right and you know it's you know the fact that his wife is in on it and i'm just like really i mean you. you know i'm like you're a woman how could you I mean, even if you wanna, even if you wanna overlook the philandering or whatever, because clearly Hillary Clinton has, and any number of women have forgiven or overlooked their husbands' infidelities for a number of reasons, and they, you know, the, these women 
aren't married to Bill Cosby or right. uh, the president of the United States. So that's one thing. But to be, and I, I'm saying allegedly because there's no proof that she knew, but how could she not have known, you know, if she's, if he, if she is uh, his business manager, which means that she manages all of her affairs, I'm betting that includes like, you know, doctor's appointments and, you know, whatever. If he was getting these pills, I'm assuming that she had to know at least in the beginning or on some level, I mean, because she would be a terrible business manager if she didn't have some window into this part of his life as well. Mm -hmm. So. Well, what he said was he, I think the way he explained it was he actually would call the doctors for the pills and because it was Bill Cosby, they would just honor his request. Um, it's This is just a clusterfuck on so many levels. Yes. Um, from, you know, you've got women who are, you know, women who some aren't exactly the best witnesses that doesn't discount their, their, um, their experience. Mm -hmm. You've got some, you know, I mean, it, literally it's a, it's a damn near if, if there was a woman with a pulse, you know, and you know, he admits that he did it to teenage girls. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is not just, you know, I was being a dog. I, he, and then, like you said, to have Camille in on it, you know, I, any respect I had for her, and I, I really used to, I really believe she is the power behind the throne. Clearly, mm -hmm. and I have what what respect I had for her has been dissipated. Because she not only, she, I'm not saying that she was an active participant, but she knew something. She had to she because had to when know. she's been giving those depositions and, you know, bits of pieces have been leaked out, she has not been able to clearly say, I had no knowledge of what was going on. And the reason that I think she hasn't been able to clearly say that is because with a little digging it can be fairly easily proven mm -hmm. that she did have knowledge because if you ask me if you ask legionnaire i'm, I'm not suggesting that legionnaire's husband does this but <laughs> i think legionnaire if someone was to come and accuse his husband of doing something illegal he could say with a clear conscience i didn't know anything about it uh -huh. and that is a definitive statement without qualification or justification or any modifier if you can't right. if she can't do that it's because and i mean i'm not suggesting that she slipped the drip you know the quaalude in the andrea constans drink but she certainly knew that there were quaaludes available and what their purpose was and she so. didn't like you said she is a she would be a poor business manager right indeed Indeed. So, fuck him. <laughs> right. Well, he's been doing. Look, he's been doing that. That's the problem. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that. <laughs> so, next up, for those of you that care, Ray J, better known as Brandy's little brother, uh, better also known as the murderer's little brother. Yes. Okay. Hey, hey. 
Naomi Wasn't she acquitted? What? Wasn't she acquitted? Who was acquitted? Brandy. Uh, the fact that she was acquitted in a court of law does not excuse the fact that someone died uh, as a result of her actions. She's not a murderess. She is a she vehicular might... assaultress. <laughs> okay, we can go with that. <laughs> okay, if that makes you feel better. Well, no, I'll, I mean because I'll tell you what: if you if you're rolling through Leesburg and you see Brandy driving, ain't you gonna pull? O- aren't you gonna pull over to the side, <laughs> honey? If I see Brandy driving, I'm gonna be like, "Bitch, move! I got this. You can't drive no more." No. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm gonna put out a whole damn car. No, but yes, but you know how I am about it. it's like you know if we're gonna if we're gonna accuse folks of something, let's at least accuse, you know she that's murder has intent. There's a specific mens rea for for murder. So now she look now she might have you know killed a bitch, but she's not a murderess. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so is there really- is an American adaptation of the Australian cooking competition, My Kitchen Rules, that stars Ray J, Naomi Judd, Andrew Dice Clay, Brandy Glanville, Lance Bass, and Brandy. So, sometime during the filming of this show, Ray J claims that Naomi Judd, Judd refers to grits as slave food. And um, he put this on Instagram and said it all around the world. But of course, girl, this is all filmed. So the producers looked at it and he said that the devil wasn't said any, any such thing. Naomi said that when she was growing up, her mother would not let her eat grits because it was poor people's food. And regardless of what you think of that justification, she certainly did not refer to grits as slave food. So I'm calling shenanigans on Ray J's commentary. I am suggesting that this was nothing more than a stupid attempt by someone that no one cares about to remain relevant after the end of Love and Hip Hop L.A. So that's my thought on it. What do you think, Legionnaire? Um, I think I would have to call shenanigans as well. I, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that calling it slave food. I mean, even if these women felt that way, I think that they have been in the business long enough that they would never say something like this. Um, so the fact that he would extrapolate it that way. Um, just shows again to me a cry for attention Um, certainly not being smart enough to know or to realize that they will go and find the footage you know to address exactly what it is that she said and put it on out there so boo 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 for you you're an idiot Ray J yet again John Sebastian well here we go you know, I thought he was an idiot when he didn't make any money on the sex tape with right. Kim Kardashian. You know, I thought he was an idiot 
when he was on Moesha. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know he was an idiot then. But this shit here has completely cemented my belief that this boy is five fries short of a happy meal. He just for no damn reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, there is always tape on a reality show, you moron. Right. And and the other part of that is, of all the people to say something like that, Naomi, now, I don't know much about Naomi. Well, actually, I do know a lot about Naomi Judd. That is not her personality. That's not her persona. That ain't something that, that she would be given to say. And she damn sure wouldn't say it on camera. So, Ray, boy, go go get somebody to suck your dick so you can get, get you know, be on film again. Just go. Bye. Just get gone. Hmm. Ugh. So, okay. I'm done. Well, there is that. All right. Last up on Hot Topics, uh, there is a website uh, that MSC, MSNBC has up called Election Confessions, where people can post their confessions uh, about this election cycle. And uh, like one person posted that I've been a Republican leaning voter most of my life and a registered Republican for about 10 years, but no more. I despise Hillary, but this year I'm going to hold my nose and vote for her. I'm also going to vote mostly Democratic in both the state and national elections. And I'm from Utah. Voting Republican will prolong our do-nothing Congress. Uh, I'm not going to read all of them. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. This one I thought was kind of funny. This one dude said... I always vote the opposite of my wife. I always tell her I voted for her candidate because it makes her happy, but I always cancel out her vote. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> That's just mean. <laughs> yeah, baby, I support you. Shit, if I did. Right. See? <laughs> Oh, I just, I'm so ready for this election to be done. We haven't even gotten to the part where there are going to be national commercials, you know, because remember when, I don't know if it was the first Obama election or the second, where that little girl started crying because she could take another uh, commercial from Barack Obama. And everyone was like, I feel your pain, little mm. girl. Mm. I feel I like that was the we, we haven't even gotten to the point where, you know, I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message. Or I'm Donald Trump and I approve this message. We haven't even got because that, that doesn't happen on a national level until after the conventions. Right. Oh, uh, this... I, and the other part of it is, I think that Ber- I'm gonna need Bernie to figure out what the hell he's gonna do. You know, because he is turning into the Ralph Nader, and again, yeah. I hate, I hate to basically have a coronation service for Secretary Clinton, but if she is, you know, he, mathematically he can't win, no matter how much voodoo economics we try. He can't win. 
and he is quickly turning into the Ralph Nader of 2016. And if, let me just say this, if Donald Trump wins because of Senator Sanders' shenanigans, you think it's cold in the Democratic Party for him now. He ain't, they, they won't touch him with a 50-foot pole, mm-hmm. you know, with money at the end of it. No. So, no, get it together. Oh. Well, on a positive note, though, he's uh, spearheading this dump De- uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz movement, although I feel like this should have happened like um, eight, nine months ago. And see, here's the other part of that. Well, honestly, he has no right to call for her to be dumped because. Right. He's a registered Democrat. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Let's start. That's what people keep for, you know, people, no one wants to acknowledge that point. He is technically not a Democrat. And that that's what kind of pisses me off. It's like, dude, you, you are a registered independent. You caucus with the Democrats, but you don't want to take on the label. You, so, no, it doesn't work like that. Hmm. Oh, so you don't want you want Debbie Schultz Wasserman. Debbie Wasserman shows whatever, however it goes, to be ousted, then become a Democrat and vote for that. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. Right. Yes. Any Go thoughts, DJ? Uh, I just, I, I just found the whole article kind of funny that you know those confessions would pop up. Um, now I think they're, I think they're funny and um, much like John Sebastian, I, I just. Um, I'm ready to just move on to the business of, of electing our next leader and, and having it be done. Right. Whatever it's going to be, let it be, and then let's move. Mm-hmm. Yes. God help us. I know, right? Well, you know. Be grateful it's not a bush. Well, well yeah. I don't <laughs> Hmm. I kind of almost feel like I'd rather have a Bush than Donald that's, Trump. And that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> but be glad it ain't W. Because, you know. I'd still bullshit. actually prefer W over Donald Trump. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> because here's the thing. W knew he was dumb and surrounded himself with people. Even if you didn't think that Dick Cheney you know, was you thought that Dick Cheney was whatever that Donald Rumsfeld was whatever? He at least listened to to these people. I just think that Donald Trump is going to surround himself with yes men. Of course. And um, even if he doesn't surround himself with yes men, he's going to be like, I'm going to go with my gut. Right. Well, honey, right. that ain't even working any of your businesses because all your businesses went bankrupt, and I certainly don't want you going with your gut when you're talking about the future of an entire country, but you know, we're off topic. Yes, sorry. So, first up in Hot Topics, uh, so on, what's today, Thursday, I guess this was Monday. Monday. A Baltimore police officer, Edward Nero, was found not guilty for his alleged role in the death a 25-year-old uh, Freddie Gray. He was facing misdemeanor charges of second-degree assault and two counts of misconduct 
in office for his part in Freddie Gray's arrest. He was also charged with reckless endangerment for shackling Gray and placing him in a van without buckling his seatbelt. He pleaded not guilty to all charges. The He opted for a trial by judge instead of a trial by jury. And Judge Barry Williams, who uh, has determined that the state could not prove that Nero intended to commit any crimes against Gray. The state's theory from the beginning has been one of negligence, recklessness, and disregard of duty and orders by this defendant. Blah, blah, blah. No. Uh, there's been no information presented in this trial that the defendant intended for any crime to happen, nor has there been any evidence presented that the defendant communicated any information to a primary actor that he was ready, willing, and able to lend support if needed to any crime. So, John Sebastian, I can feel your chomping at the bit through Skype, so you're first. Yeah. First of all, um, no matter how much we feel about this emotionally, the judge is absolutely correct. Um, Officer Nero had no mens rea. He did not, there was, he did not tell, he did not have the mental, there was nothing in the testimony that indicates that he, that he intended for this to happen. And technically he didn't have an actus reus. Um, those are the two things that you need in order to, 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 to find a person guilty of a crime. So he didn't have, the act that he did, it was not negligent. Uh, it may have been stupid, but it wasn't negligent, according to the judge. And he didn't, you know, he did not have the, re the requisite intent for the crime to happen. Now, that being said, the question I asked about this is, will there be any justice for Freddie Gray? And the answer is probably not, because remember, his family got a six plus million dollar settlement from the city. And I'm sure that that plays into any decision that's made regarding the police officer's guilt or innocence. You know, it's like the city's already paying, you know, justice has already been served. Let's move on. Um, but hopefully, and, and if the remaining uh, defendants are smart, they will do the same thing. They will try to have judge uh, uh, trial by judge because the judge is always going to favor the police. So while I was, while I was, uh, I wasn't even shocked. Um, I was just more. It's almost become an ennui situation. Just like, eh, it's another day. You mm -hmm. know, why yeah. am I surprised? Yeah, I just feel that there's, you know, we now we, we stand at yet another place where um, a, a young life has been lost and, then there, and there's no justice behind it. Yeah. None. No accountability. No. He was alive when he got in the van. How right. he come up injured when he got out, and he was shackled. Right, and I think that um, for me the problem is that you it's 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 hard to prove this you know sort of grand conspiracy to injure this person 
So I feel like what needs to happen is like, so Freddie Gray is not going to receive any individual uh, justice unless you consider $6 million justice, you know, whatever. Um, But the real justice is going to be in someone bringing a class action suit against Baltimore City on behalf of all of these people who have been injured because while each one of the officers can say that, you know, well, um, it's, it, I don't even know, except maybe for the driver, because the driver had to know. I mean, you, I, I don't know. But again, I mean, even if you say the driver had to know, it's like if they didn't discuss, is this guy shackled in the back, you know, he could say that, you know, well, you know, the streets in Baltimore are rough. I didn't know they were going to be rough, you know, whatever. But if there is this pattern of people being arrested and going into um, police custody perfectly fine and coming out injured, then there is a case to be made on that level that there is something systemic going on in uh, the police department in the same way that, you know, you might sue a police department for racism or sexism when one individual can't be deemed as sexist, but the system promotes sexism. So one person is not guilty directly of Freddie Gray's death, but the system promotes practices that allows and even um, encourages encourages these quote-unquote rough rides. Yeah, and I mean, they, they call it tuning up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, th- this is common knowledge in inner cities. Um, because, A, you're not going to just put a prisoner in the back of a transport van and they not be either handcuffed or shackled. Because if they are free, they can then hurt you when they open the doors for you to take them out. Right. Um, and so what they will do is, they the cop will, cops will literally hit corners sharp or, you know, bounce over curbs to, you know, to quote, tune up the suspect. Um, and while while it's common knowledge, um, nobody is ever held accountable for it. Even when, you know, even when suspects um, come up injured, it's oh, sorry, you know. And like you said, uh, Dominion didn't know the, the roads were that rough. But then it becomes, don't you drive these roads every day? Right. So um, it's. Just, I am sad for the Gray family. Uh, I am sad for. And I'm scared for young black men in Baltimore. I'm just scared. And actually, I'm scared for young black men in inner cities. Hmm. I'm, You know, I'm also pissed off at the Gray family, frankly, because I'm tired of people settling for money instead of, since they're not really going to get anything, if you weren't going to, so if you, you, you should either... I mean, because this isn't money that they earned, and this is my whole problem with society in general. You didn't earn this money, so what do you have to lose by letting this trial go to fruition? 
you know. But remember, yeah. they don't. They don't have. They do not have the the authority to tell the state's attorney not to prosecute. No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that there is the perception on the part of the police and the public even that you know we're all good because we wrote a check for six million dollars and and i'm sure that check comes with a you can't join a class action lawsuit on behalf of all of the other people that are doing this and so these poor families are settling for six million dollars this is be clear that gray gray um had at least one child so right. six million and and I'm just going to be blunt. His family's poor, so they ain't the best. They already aren't the best with money, even if all other circumstances that got them in that situation or whatever. So I'm betting that whatever if his daughter is two years old, there's not still going to be six million dollars available when she turns eighteen. Okay, so hold on. I, I, I'm gonna check you for a minute on your classism. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just because they're poor. Mm-hmm does not necessarily mean that they are bad with money. That's true. So let's start there. Uh, the second thing is, if he has a daughter that's two years old, I can mm -hmm. guarantee you that at least half of that $6 million has gone into a trust that cannot be touched until the child is either 18, 21, or 25. Mm -hmm. Because she is his dependent. And, you know, that is basically life insurance. So, you know, whether or not, you know, th their poverty has nothing to do with their money management skills. You know, awesome. because right. poverty is multi-generational. That's true. Yes. So let's let's not cast that aspersion on people. Okay. All right. Go on. <laughs> I'm, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not retracting my point. <laughs> and that's fine. I do hear what you're saying, and I could be, you know, I could be speaking, clearly speaking through a lens of what I perceive, but I mean, we've seen this too many times. We've right. seen too many people get settlements, and then there's no money left. I mean, you know, and this isn't, this, we, we see this in situations where people aren't even in, um, uh, you know, it's not even a result of a legal case. I mean, you know, we we see the we see Gary Coleman's family, who, mm. despite the fact that there was supposed to be all of that money left in trust for him, that man died broke, and he died broke not because he uh, made a bunch of poor financial decisions, but through a series of legal maneuvers, his right. family used that. So while I will retract the part where I cast potential aspersions on whether the family can or cannot handle the money, there is a well-established policy of human beings taking advantage of less um, capable, and by capable, I mean, you know, people who are Let's too young to understand their own rights and responsibilities and settling for money in the place of actual justice. And and I'm and I can I can agree with you up to a point. You have to remember though that when you that this is public money 
versus private money. Okay? Gary Coleman is private money. This is public money. They have to be... A, so the city, ha the city has to be accountable for those dollars. And while they may write a check, they still have to, by law, take care of the dependence of the person that they're settling with. Oh, well, okay, looks like all I need to do is have a child who didn't have a hard ride and then my child is set. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I still, my point still stands that um, I just don't believe in lawsuits for the most part. Because, you know, I think nowadays everyone writes a check and no lesson is ever learned. Right. You know, did the city, does the city learn any lesson by writing a check? Especially, no, especially when the check isn't even coming out of any of the officers' paychecks or they're not having to pay into a fund that provides insurance that covers you know, negligence on behalf of the police or anything like that. So even if I accept that, you know, whatever, no lesson has been learned here. And so there is absolutely no way. And, and I mean, I'm perhaps ranting to the wind at this point that, you know, there's nothing that has happened in this entire case from the Gray family getting a settlement to this guy pleading not guilty to the guy before him with a hung jury where anyone who is in a position to prevent this from happening again has learned a lesson that says, I'm not going to do this again. Because $6 million is a very small sum for, you know, in my opinion, for a man who was only 25 years old and healthy at the time that he died. But in that settlement, they look at his his earning potential to 65. And if we're going to be honest, Freddie Gray wasn't exactly setting the world on fire. That's true. So his earning potential for over 40 years at, let's say, he made $30,000 a year. That's what, $1.2 million? Because honestly... If I'm not mistaken, he was a high school dropout, mm -hmm. and he was a low—you know—he was a low-level drug runner. Those are facts. Yes. So his earning potential was not going to be six million dollars over over forty years. So it's a windfall for the family, and yes, I understand that you hate lawsuits, but that's part of America, unfortunately. Um, when you have injured someone civilly, you have to pay damages. You have to make the person whole. And I would hope that eventually somebody would say, wait a minute, we keep, I mean, Legion, if I'm not mistaken, Chicago is paying out routine, uh, settlements for cases like this. Yes. And, you know, when, when does the populace say, you know what? I'm really getting tired of my tax dollars going to pay for their bad behavior. They don't have to give up their pensions. 
the you know the policeman's benefit fund, the union they don't have to kick in anything. This comes straight out of city coffers. When do we as the people say, you know what, enough? When there is, you know, when do we elect people who say, when there are issues of civil, when there when there are civil liability, and it's done by individuals, those individuals should have to pay. Well, and that's also to me still part of the problem is because a lot of these settlements are also, you know, the terms are undisclosed, even if it's still public, you know, the terms are undisclosed or, you know, the exact nature of it. I bet the reason that people don't know is, you know, it's not big news how many millions of dollars the city of Chicago or Cook County, this is Cook County, right? Yeah. How many millions of dollars Cook County is paying out annually for this? Because I bet there's a lot of requirements and restrictions that while it requires a city to pay the money on a regular basis and do all the things that you mentioned about protecting the assets for minor dependents or whatever, a lot of the settlements are the terms are confidential. I feel like the terms of any city settled any settlement with a government entity where the city would, you know, is paying because of alleged wrongdoing needs to be completely public and there needs to be a report on an annual basis and, and not just buried in some sort of a filing where people can find it if they dig through and make FOIA requests. But it's right there on the front page on December 31st that Cook County paid out $45 million in this calendar year for police negligence suits or whatever you want to call them that were settled. And if people knew how much was actually being paid out because the law required that that be and that there weren't these restrictions and gag orders and you know you can't talk about it with the media or whatever, then I think we might possibly see a little bit of movement. Well, you know how we make that happen now. Start electing people Elect who will make Clinton. those changes. I'm sorry, elect who? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> You're like, yes, that's an option. However, right. That shows that you don't know how the election system works. <laughs> I all I said was, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, but there was a lot between the lines yes. of that okay. You know me well, darling. You know me well. Yes. So, um, something a little lighter. It's, it's awful, but you know, certainly less consequential is uh legionnaire you're up next discussing madonna's uh tribute to uh prince yes um this past sunday on the billboard music awards um madonna paid uh, tribute to um to prince um <laughs> and it was um it wasn't well received. Um, it, there was a lot of criticism around it. I think overall, people there were grades of, of C and, and things like that, and um, quote unquote Black Twitter exploded with with fury at um, how poorly it uh, seemed to have been put together. 
And on Billboard.com, Madonna responds uh, to the critics of her tribute. Um, she says here, uh, anyone who wants to do a tribute to Prince is welcome to, whatever your age, gender, or skin color. If you loved him and he inspired you, then show it. I love Prince forever. Uh, another tweet she did after, well, shortly after she posted a video of her dancing along with the caption, this is my I'm not your bitch, don't hang your shit on me dance, quoting her 1994 hit Human Nature. Uh, also joining the chorus was Celine Dion, who said that Madonna did an incredible job of covering Prince on the BBMA's stage. Um, you know, I saw the footage. I mean, I saw the performance. Um, you know, I saw her. I saw her version of singing. You know, a Prince tune. You know, I saw her dragging. Um, uh, poor Stevie, Stevie, Wonder. Stevie Wonder onto the stage uh, with her. Uh, you know, on on one level, I will say that she is correct. Anyone that wants to pay tribute to uh, Prince that feels so inclined should absolutely do so. However, it 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 can't be it can't be stated enough that the tribute that she chose to put together was poor it, it simply was i mean there were outcries from the very beginning that she was probably not the best person to uh, do this tribute and her performance just spotlighted that um you know it, it does does madonna love prince I, I wouldn't dispute that if that's what she claims i don't have any reason to tell her differently but i also believe that there were there were many other artists who were much closer to Prince, who could have done a proper tribute um, to his legacy, his musical legacy, and what he contributed to the world of entertainment and music. And they chose not to do that. So it ended up looking like Madonna doing this as a nod to her own ego. Um, so, you know, sorry, Madge, it, it, was, it was a fail. It, it was a fail. No matter how you slice it, and I, and it's not that I'm not a Madonna fan. I am a Madonna fan. I just think that this was a poor choice. This this was not Ooh. a good idea, and it was not a good look on her. And and the real shade came <laughs> came shortly, not not too long thereafter, when BET posted a video saying, <laughs> you know, plan, planning their own tribute to Prince during the BET Awards, saying, um, yeah, we just saw that. Don't worry, we got you. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but that but, was shade. But but the other side of it is that now BET has to bring it, right? Yes. They gonna have to bring it because now they didn't, <laughs> now they've thrown down the gauntlet, and now the all eyes are gonna be on them, right? I just so I'm not even going to get into whether other people are more qualified to do whatever. Like when Whitney Houston died, some people felt like, you know, uh, Jennifer Hudson shouldn't have been the person to do the tribute, but I feel like she did a good job. The problem here is that Madonna gave a terrible performance. Exactly. She sounded bad. I mean, her, I mean, Madonna has never been known as a great vocalist. So that was, you know, the first thing 
Um, but you know, she was all warbly and off key, and you know, it was a very low key performance. But first of all, she did the song "Nothing Compares to You," but she did the Sinead O'Connor version of it, which. I mean, if you're doing a tribute to Sinead O'Connor, which that's fine because this is one of Sinead O'Connor's most well-known songs, but if you're going to do a tribute to Prince, I would think you would do the Prince version of the song, you know? So, and it was just not a good performance. So that's why I think so many people were like, well, whatever. I mean, there could have been any number of people who gave a tribute and maybe you just didn't have enough time those people weren't famous enough. You couldn't get in contact with their managers or whatever, and that's fine. But her performance just sucked. And please stop dragging Stevie Wonder out on stage. First of all, please stop leaving Stevie Wonder out there flailing around and hoping somebody comes and grabs his hand to lead him out. And frankly, Stevie's voice is gone too. Mm. You know, listen, you, you know, whether you like Seinfeld or not, Seinfeld did one of the best things in TV history when he walked away from the show when it was on top. He did not leave once, you know, at, you know, the year after two years of failing ratings. He left people when the show was getting its, he had said he was going to leave mm-hmm. and he left. Your image is tarnished when you keep on being on the stage after you've reached your prime. I love Patti LaBelle. I love Aretha Franklin. But if those girls' voices start going, they need to step off the stage and just rest on their accolades. That's what Mariah Carey needs to do, even though Mariah Carey is much younger. And that's what it's unfortunate because she's only 42. Mm. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. If you can't sing the hits anymore, let people live with those happy memories instead of your current failures. So uh, that was that. And plus she looked like a fool. I mean, what was she wearing? Some lilac print uh she looked listen, but my favorite one of my favorite um websites is delisted.com <laughs> and they described her look as a pimpified Liberace going to a gay child's christening in the springtime. so i'm just like it was a terrible performance i mean i don't really care about her look ultimately but she didn't do it well you know if you're doing this tribute i would have loved to hear i mean of course she did he she and um stevie wonder did purple rain but okay i mean of course you're going to do purple rain but nothing compares to you i mean there's so many other songs that are more iconic for Prince, right? Or if you're going to do something that's a little bit more obscure, like you know, sometimes it snows in April, you do it well, like D'Angelo and uh, what's that group, that uh, Prince tribute group that Maya Rudolph is a part of, right? Yeah. So you know, that's what you do. So it was a terrible performance. What do you think, John Sebastian? First of all, the after reading Linda Perry stating that um, Madonna is relevant, which is why, you know, she understood why she was chosen to do a tribute. I refused to watch. Mm -hmm. The first thing I said was, how the hell 
is Madonna more relevant? She and Prince recorded one song together. Mm -hmm. One. And that was 30 plus years ago. So, okay, so let's get past that. You telling me that, you know, Madonna, who really is not relevant, because, you know, hell, Cher is more relevant than Madonna. Um, Sheila E., who is still, you know, beating drums like they like somebody stole her last piece of chicken, um, would have been amazing to to lead the band for the tribute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you want to talk, she would have been the ultimate band leader and, you know, and, and had Shaka and Larry Graham and the revolution and New Power Generation and the time, you know, and yes, it would have been a throwback to the 80s, but these groups are still, I mean, Jam and, look at Jam and Lewis. You know, they are still making music with Janet. If she made music. But, um, I'm sorry, that was shady. But, um, so it, so I didn't watch it. I'm not going to watch it, but you can best believe I'm going to be watching Buffoon Entertainment Television on <laughs> June 16th because I want to see what they do. And if, if this I get... The one time that I watched BET <laughs> on a tape delay so I can claim I didn't watch it live. And we're going to close this out with, with Layla Hathaway's tweet. It's like your grandma died and they put the wrong wig on her. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> you put the wrong wig on Big Mama. Yeah. You know Everybody that knows that, you know, the 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 uh the the salt and pepper yaki number seven was her favorite. <laughs> that was her funeral wig. She wore it to everybody's funeral. She wore it to Aunt Alice's funeral. <laughs> she wore it to Uncle Joe's funeral. Of course, she would be buried in it. Yes. Mm -mm. Put Big Mama in the wrong way. What's wrong with you? Child. That's why Ty Tyra Nicole's got to be in charge of my funeral. You know that, right? Of course. I'm already clear on it. Okay. <laughs> now, there are, you know, the family knows what they're supposed to do, but for the sheer production numbers, Tyra Nicole. Mm -hmm. The fact that you actually have production numbers at your funeral is many things, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are, no, no, there are instructions. Mm. Y'all got to find somebody to come and fall out. Oh, of course. You know. Do I get to be like, what was her name from uh, from Good Times? Why this Even Wanda. Uh, oh, Waylon Wanda. Uh, uh, what time is the repast? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, did he leave his potato salad recipe with y'all? Mm. <laughs> I know that's right. I'm like, he said in his will that I get all of his potato salad recipes. <laughs> and our producer's going to come sing Yolanda Adams. Yes. That's, that's funny in itself. Yeah, for many reasons. <laughs> many reasons. But yeah, no. So I just want to see what Buffoon Entertainment Television is going to do. <laughs> so uh, last up on Hot Topics, uh, John Sebastian, we're going to talk about uh, these Trump versus Clinton polls. Yeah. According to Politics US, I'm sorry, PoliticusUSA.com, um, <laughs> 
the media is not saying about what the media is not saying about national polls is that they are well in a word worthless. Um, a look at the past two election presidential cycles shows that the polls aren't measuring what the media thinks they are measuring. Um, so on a nearly daily basis, national polls are being released showing the presidential race as a tie with Trump or having a small lead over Hillary Clinton. The media are passing off these polls as the current state of the presidential race, but in reality, what they are measuring is a small bump for Donald Trump that is coming from Republicans rallying around their nominee. Um, so they, so the, 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 the author uses um, some, some Gallup polls from 2008 showing where Senator John McCain was leading Senator, then Senator Barack Obama after he had clinched the Republican nomination while uh, Senators Obama and Clinton were in the final stages of the Democratic primary. Um, and like McCain, Trump has gotten a bump from basically winning the, the, nom the nomination while likely, while the general election opponent either Senator uh, either Secretary Clinton or Senator Sanders will be, um, they're still trying to they're still trying to wrap up the primary on the Democratic side. Um, so, in 2012, after Rick Santorum had dropped out of the Republican race, Mitt Romney led President Obama 47% to 45%. Romney got a second smaller bounce after officially clinching the Republican nomination in May of 2012. So uh, the author goes on to say what's going to happen next is Hillary Clinton will get a bounce of her own once she clinches the Democratic nomination. She'll get a second bounce more than likely when Bernie Sanders ends his campaign and endorses her. So in short, the current national polls mean nothing. Once Clinton is the official Democratic nominee, the state of the race will begin to take shape. However, the polling that really matters won't be happening until the fall in the battleground states that will determine who the next president will be. For now, do yourself a favor and head and ignore the head-to-head -head matchup national polls. So, what do you think about that? Legionnaire? I think it's very interesting. Um, I don't know how much attention I would pay to those poll things anyway, so... Um, it's definitely an interesting, interesting perspective. None, none of it ever really changes um, where I am with with who I want to support. So I'm I'm, I'm all good. If it's if it's worthless worthless information, then expose it as such. Mm. Yes, yes. Dominion. Uh, I have zero folks. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> uh, as we were, uh, was that before the show started about how tired we are of this uh, election cycle foolishness? And I'm just like, let's just get to it. Yes, you indeed. know, and you know, daily, you know, you see on Facebook or not just on Facebook, well, within our worlds, you know, why it's still mathematic, why. Why all of the polls that show, you know, um, Hillary leading Bernie Sanders are foolishness or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, everyone is only listening to the information in their own echo chamber. 
Mm. Exactly. Precisely. So I'm just like, I, I have a life to live. Um, when it comes my turn to vote, I already know who I'm going to vote for. There's no situation where I'm going to vote for the other person. I made up my mind. That mind was made up long ago. So nothing that you can say or do is going to change that. And I already know who I'm... Well, let's put it this way. Even if I know who I'm voting for the primary election, that doesn't... I know who I'm not voting for in the general Thank election. You. Right. So, you know, all of that's already decided for me. So some poll, you know, people, I, I feel like people that need polls to make up their mind shouldn't be allowed to vote. Hmm. <laughs> so this is because you, that means because you haven't looked into any facts or made any informed decision. You're just going with what the group says. Even people, I mean, honestly, I've never voted for a Republican in my life, but that happens to do with an alignment of politics. I never, ever, um, in any election that I've been given the option to just say vote Democratic, because I recall, like uh, in Florida, at least when I was in college, and in some in Maryland, you can just you know vote the Democratic ticket or the Republican ticket. Mm -hmm. No. I examine each choice, and my choice has always been Democratic, but it's still an at least somewhat informed choice, mm -hmm. and I'm not just going to say, oh, well, this person's a Democrat, so therefore I'm going to vote for them. I've just never had an occasion where the Democratic candidate was more abhorrent than the Republican choice. I have. Okay. Um, you know, I'm 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 a died in the wool dem, but when I lived in the great state of Illinois, mm -hmm. <laughs> back in the mid '90s to the early years of this new millennium, there was a governor. His name was George Ryan, mm -hmm. and I liked George Ryan. And George Ryan was a Republican. He was a nice man, crooked, but he was a nice man. Is he still in jail, I wonder? Mm. And then... Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Right. And then I followed it up with the, the, the then congressman from Chicago who became the governor, one Rod Blagojevich. Mm. Yeah, and he was a Democrat, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Mm. But his Republican opponent was worse. So, I say all that to say, I have voted for a Republican or two in my life. And for the two I voted for, one of them is in jail. Well, I mean, that, that that's not necessarily a bellwether of anything. I mean, mm -hmm. how many... I mean, they're even now investigating Terry McAuliffe in Virginia for campaign finance fraud. I mean, that catches even the best of people. That You know what? That's called throwing anything against the wall try and make it stick against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, that was a, a good little hot topic section. You know, I always, uh, I think, you know, these kind of things are fun and interesting to discuss as usual. Mm-hmm. So if you can download tonight's episode through iTunes, just search for reality and subscribe. 
You can also download the entire reality library via poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can like reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality and follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for at Poppy Chulo Radio. You can support reality and Poppy Chulo Radio financially by going to GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. And if you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio family as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Mm-hmm. So next up, it's time for an abbreviated speed round. We've got two mm. seconds. Y'all ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. Yes. All right. First up, Tony Braxton was fired. Tony. Tony Braxton. Tamar, well, Tamar Braxton was fired <laughs> from The Real. Apparently, she wasn't reading too well with the audience and salespeople. Didn't find her to be a good fit with advertisers. Also, production found her too difficult to deal with. Legionnaire, thoughts? Hmm. About time. Ooh. Did you watch the show? Was he that bad? I have watched the show. I don't watch it regularly, but I have watched the show. I've seen her in the show. Mm-hmm. And she's just... She doesn't seem very bright to me. Yeah, she, yeah and she's very... You know, it's it's one thing to to have that ratchet kind of brusque kind of attitude that could, you know, be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, it's not something, you know, as a as a as a viewer, I don't know that that would be something that people want to see every day. Right. And that's how she is. That's how she's been every day, to my estimation. So, I I, I find it not at all surprising. Mm-hmm. And. And just seeing how she performs and acts on her own show with her sisters um, gives me every indication that she could be very easily difficult to deal with by the production. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay, girl. Next. Right. Mm. John Sebastian. Oh, baby. Well, I, I don't watch The Real, but I do know that her husband is an executive producer. And that's more for vanity that we've now found out because he didn't know anything about this coming down the pike. Oh, well, there's that. Um, and he's been kind of shielding her from all the bad press. The other thing is, the reason why she acts that way is because her family allows it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Uh. Ain't that a bitch. Well, like I said, she got fired. Well, you know, it's Thursday in America. Next. Right. That whole, like Legionnaire said, that whole, you know, ratchet thing works when you're also smart. I mean, say what you will about Wendy Williams, and she sometimes gives you a bit much, but I think you get the sense that underneath the messiness or whatever, that Wendy Williams is a smart woman and she reads and she pays attention. No one's going to pay to watch this kind of show to see you be a complete idiot. I mean, that works for Elizabeth Hasselbeck and to some extent for Raven, who, uh, according to our sources, dropped a new single yesterday called I Am an American. <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't it. What was it called? Oh, I forget. It's uh... no, some foolishness, whatever. But anyway, I mean, but that just doesn't 
that hood rat attitude doesn't work if you're not truly intelligent and you're just saying that, okay, you know, I grew up and I'm embracing my rough upbringing, which she didn't have. Let's just be clear. She did not grow up in Baltimore City. Didn't she grow up in like Howard County or something? She grew up in, she grew up in Howard County um, over by BWI Airport. Right. So there is no rough part of Howard County. So this whole thing is, you know, some middle class kid who identified more with the hood kids from Baltimore City that she wanted to be like or whatever. Because that's not, I can guarantee you, that is not how she grew up. No. So, you know, whatever. So, and ultimately, I don't care. And the true, the telling part, even though it was, she wasn't reading well with the audience and salespeople didn't find her to be a good fit with advertisers. Let's be clear. The reason she got fired is the third sentence. Production found her too difficult to deal with. Yep. And that was, that's what it really came down to. When they find you difficult to deal with, all of those other things become an easy and convenient way to get rid of you because they're like, well, why even bother? And she, she allegedly cussed out somebody on set. What the hell? She allegedly cussed out an executive on set. I mean, in front of a bunch of folk. That did not help her case either. No. That only works when you are Academy Award winning, Tony Award winning, Emmy Award winning, host of The View, Whoopi Goldberg, because mm. then you actually have the authority as the, you know, the lead person on the show who has millions of dollars in the bank to back you up and can walk away and tell all these hoes to be like, <laughs> see ya, you know, and Tamar Braxton is not that. This is her first real TV job because we're not counting the basic cable show that is technically about her sister, but really is about Tony Braxton because that's the only people that people are, reason that people are really tuning in. Mm -hmm. And she can't really count Vince's money either because Vince, you know, Vince is doing okay. He, mm -hmm. he ain't he ain't big ball and shot calling like Jay Z, but you know he doing alright. But either way, she fired. She gone. See ya. Oh well, you know sucks to be you. Well, maybe that's how she's keeping fit. Shut up, guys. Maybe. Mm, right. <laughs> You're nasty. <laughs> I can't. So, Jared Carmichael may be the next Jerry Seinfeld, according to Vulture.com. So why was renewing the Carmichael show such a tough call for NBC? I feel like the headline says it all. So, right. um, the Carmichael show is apparently successful enough that it should have been an easy call for, uh, for the for NBC, but uh, they took forever to um, decide whether to renew the show, and the show isn't even coming back in the fall. It's on the schedule, but without a defined time slot, potentially, potentially as a mid-season replacement. So, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I don't really have a lot of thoughts on it, and I ultimately don't care. I just don't. I thought the headline was interesting because I I wasn't even aware until I read this article that the Carmichael show referred to the son and not the character that David Allen Greer played. Right. Because I've never watched an entire show. So, and, and you know the fact that I've never watched an entire show and Loretta Devine is in it. Right. Tells you something. Right. And I love Loretta Devine. But Legionnaire has seen at least a couple episodes. What are your thoughts here? Um, I enjoyed the show when I watched it. I, you know, I was I was saying earlier in the discussion with Dominion that there are times when I find Loretta Devine's character a little shrill. Uh-huh. And, and and but you know, like you, I I love the fact that she's on TV and will, you know, check at least at the very least check out anything that she's in. Right. Uh, but the show in and of itself is funny and has the potential to get better if it has the backing if it has the full backing of the network. Because right now it's like they say, right now it's a um it's a mid season replacement show. So there isn't the there isn't the full committed investment in the show in and of itself to give it the opportunity to really get good legs. So, you know, as to why that is, I, you know, there are all kinds of things that happen behind the scenes with the networks and mm-hmm. all kinds of factors that, that, you know, we could, we could only begin to guess at. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing that I can say around it is that it's, it's a pretty decent show. Uh, with people of color in it, so I can only hope that there's still an opportunity for it to be seen on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. sound positive about that, sir. I just, you know, if he is, if he has the potential to be the next Seinfeld and the ratings are good, what's the issue? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing that I'm also challenged with. I don't know. While it is a good show, and it is very, and it's has had has had some very smartly written episodes. I, I don't know that I would call him the next Jerry Seinfeld. Well, that alone is enough to make me not watch. But um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, so yeah, and, and we know that Seinfeld help rebuild NBC. Um, so this whole, I'm about ready to call a spade a spade. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna be nice tonight. Mm. I'm gonna be nice. Oh, very good. Well, kids, uh, this is our last uh, episode until we return on September 1st. So we're going on summer vacation. Yeah. Yes. I know. I'm excited. I got a lot. To, I got a lot of stuff planned. What about you, John Sebastian? Well, you know, because I work on Sundays. Um, our vacation. We are actually taking a vacation this year, and we we are doing the Midwest tour. Um, we're spending a couple of days in Cincinnati, of all places. Um, of and, all places. Of all places. <laughs> And then there is a chance, a better chance than not, that we will be traveling up the highway towards the Great Lakes, Lake Michigan in particular, on the western shore, to that metropolis called... (gasps) Yes. Chicago. Chicago, darling. Yes. Um, 
So, a husband's never been, and um, I haven't been since I left 12 years ago. Uh, yeah, 12 years ago. So, we, um, I think we're going to spend a couple days up there. And uh, Are you going to ride in a donkey? Well, I was going to say ride on a donkey, but that didn't end well for that guy. So. <laughs> no. No, I'm not going to ride. I'm not going to ride in on a donkey. Um, I do want to get back to my house in one piece and not pierced in the side mm-hmm. with holes in my hands. Um, but yeah, so I think we're going to do that. Um, I am actually, I have homework and a very, very big project that I need to complete before Labor Day, God willing. Um, and, you know, it's ordination. And after that, I, um, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, trying to run churches, write an ordination paper and go on vacation. Uh, but I am going to see Miss Aretha Franklin in concert as well. Oh, good. Oh, excellent. Which is the highlight of my summer, I must admit. Yes. Um, and, and we'll be seeing her in, of all places, Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> so, um, we, um, gosh, and, you know, like I said, husband doing uh, coursework. Um, we're preparing for his retirement, so that's kind of exciting and on the, on, the, on the horizon coming up soon. And, you know, just trying to make it through and hopefully i might have a wedding date by the time we come back on the air you better uh i hope to have a wedding date by the time we come back on the air oh and um listeners so true confession time so before we started recording i had a chat with my fellow co-hosts and our producer and i made a promise to my husband in the car as we were we were on our way someplace this evening uh, before we came on the air and i said that i've got 90 days to get my health in order and i'm holding y'all i'm letting you all know so that you can help hold me to this um if i have not lost a, a measurable amount of weight by september 1st i'm going to go look at uh surgery because I'm technically obese and this is unacceptable now. Mm-hmm. Just as long as the scars behind your ears aren't visible for your surgery. Right. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So you know I how you girls do, you go away for, you like, I thought he was getting gastric bypass. You come back looking all refreshed and shit and still fat. <laughs> <laughs> But your skin is tight. Honey, I can guarantee you if I go away and have anything, I'm going to be snatched or pulled in the midsection. Okay. I will be able to blink my belly button. Um, so I, so that's, so that's kind of my summer plan to, to actually spend some time and get my health back in order because um, when I was a teenager, I was very amazing. I was model thin. Honey, he was, and I am not exaggerating when I tell you that John Sebastian was twiggy thin when Mm -hmm. we were in high school. What a big ass. He's put on, he's, listen, to his credit, he's only put on a total of five pounds. Thank you. you Okay. Since since 1987, five pounds, yes. You know. You have an excellent metabolism. Yeah, and with one good stomach flu, I could get back in my original prom dress. Uh, (laughs) 
my cousin, uh, the one the one that died of sickle cell, used to say that she never worried about dieting because she knew she was going to get sick with sickle cell at least twice a year and lose like 20, 30 pounds. Mm. So she's like, I can eat whatever I want because I know I'm going to get sick a couple times a year, be sick for a couple of weeks, and lose a few pounds, and I'm good. Damn. <laughs> wow. Ultimately, the I mean, you know, this brings right, right. a little bit, but ultimately that cycle, you know, is what killed her because her kidneys just shut down on her. Not so she didn't even have like, okay, well, you know, my kidneys don't go into failure. She just got real sick and died, mm. you know, and it was because, you know, this cycle of health. And this woman, I mean, I'm not at all suggesting that she neglected herself. But I mean, this woman was a PhD uh in child and child psychology. So this was she wasn't a dumb woman who was neglecting her health or anything. Mm. So, but still, anyway, that's not a hit or there. Legionnaire, what's your plan for the summer? Um, well, I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling. Mm -hmm. um, should all um, stars come into alignment, I will be um, making a, a journey to the motherland. Um, Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know everything comes back to uh, back to, to Jackie Washington. <laughs> uh, no, I might. I, I'm I'm hoping to um, be be afforded the opportunity to go to South Africa. South Africa. South Africa. You going to South Africa? Yes, yes. So that will be very exciting. And uh, upon our return, um, there be there should be another trip to uh, the the wilds of Toronto. Oh, yeah, going up to Canada. I like Canada. Me too. I like Canada too. Um, excuse me. It's Canadia. <laughs> Canadia. Where do Canadians come from? <laughs> Canadia. Canadia. <laughs> okay. I stay. I stay corrected. I stand beside myself corrected. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> um. I have travel plans too, some of which coincide with Legionnaires, but not quite as fabulous. I mean, you know, I'm going to New York in uh, June, Atlanta in July, Toronto in August. In and, August. And August. And then, you know, I'm doing some renovation on my house. Oh, I got my solar panels installed. Oh, oh my God. Right. Yes. So now, you know, well, my, you know, you pay your bill on a yearly basis. So my electric bill is paid for the next year, no matter how much electricity I actually use. Nice. And actually, my electric bill is fixed at $78.08 for hmm. the next 15 years. What? Nice. That is how much my electric bill is a month. The idea being that over time, um, the solar, so because I elected to lease the solar cells and not buy them, I'm not getting benefit of any old back into the system right. that goes to the, um, to the, who, to the people that own the solar cells. And I'm fine with that because I'm not staying in the house more than another year to 18 months at the max. So the um you have to finance you know unless you've got twenty seven thousand dollars lying around you have to finance that 
and you can only finance a certain portion. So you still have to put down $8,000 in cash. And I wasn't going to be back in the house to recoup that much. I mean, we don't live in Arizona, so I'm not right. going to, I wasn't going to be able to, the solar cells in my roof were not going to be able to generate enough electricity for me to recoup any, even a 10th of that over the next year. So leasing it and having a lower electric bill will be much better. That means this winter, this summer, ain't no like, let's turn on the fan and you know, no. We're keeping the AC on, not on all the time, because we still got to live on this planet together. But, uh, you know, so no running around with socks and, you know, warm sweaters all summer, so. <laughs> well, that is wonderful. Thank you for reducing your carbon footprint by at least one step. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yes. And uh, so I think we uh, might come back this summer with, uh, you know, a few surprise shows, you know, perhaps after the election is done, done with, uh, not the election, but the um, nominated conventions are done with. And, you know, if anything incredible happens, like, uh, you know, like what happened last year around um, the middle of June, uh we'll see energy quality yes you know i still have that uh email alert that i got that day from the huffington post it's the you know oldest email in my inbox right now i'm trying to figure i feel like i might want to print it out and frame it that's what i would do oh that's beautiful oh my yeah gosh. oh god well if we can just get these bathroom bills repealed Life will be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ugh, assholes. Well, I'm sure that'll be figured out forthwith. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, listeners, uh, you can catch Reality every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific with replays on Saturdays and Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific. As I mentioned, we'll be returning with our first new show for the fall season on September the 1st. And we'll go through the election and probably through uh, Thanksgiving before we take our winter break. Yes. You can visit the Papi Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Papi Chulo Radio programs by visiting papichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes by searching for reality and subscribing. Legionnaire, how can the listeners get in contact with you? Well, the kids can find me on the Facebook. I'm Legionnaire Onyx, and um, they can catch me on uh, different shows here on Poppy Chulo Radio, like The Lion's Den, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fear the Rambling Dead. And gladiators unite. John Sebastian. John Sebastian is going on vacation for the summer. So he can be reached at unofficial colon John Sebastian on Facebook and on Twitter at GSJ612. However, he will be on vacation for the summer. So unless it is for a personal appearance, he won't be answering your emails. 
with a significant fee attached. With a significant, we are talking enough to actually get me a ticket. You know what? Actually, enough so that I, <laughs> um, I you know, like Jackie when she record when one of her songs plays on the radio, you get a check. Ooh, and one of them checks can buy me a refrigerator. That kind of check, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frost free. Frost free, yes. Yes. So you can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Onyx on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash dominion dot onyx. On Tumblr, it's thedomonyx.tumblr.com. And my website is www.domonyx.com. You can like reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality. And you can follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Poppy Chulo Radio on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Poppy Chulo Radio. You can support us financially by going to gofundme.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us via reality at Poppy Chulo Radio. And if you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio family as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us at talent at poppychuloradio.com. So for the last time this season, everyone say good night. Good night, listeners. Take care. Have a great summer. Good night, listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for loving us. Good night, everyone. Again, thank you for everything. We would not do this if you did not need it and if we did not have so much fun doing it. Happy summer, and we'll see you in September. See you in September. See Uh, you when the summer's through. Thank you. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh. Thanks for listening to Reality. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.